Coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. Now, what you just heard there was the one and only Light and Slim, Louisiana's finest, and coming to you as part of their blues series that we're continuing to do. Now, what I enjoy mostly about this song is the fact that he's basically saying that his lady is in love with men in uniform, so he's just going to have to go join the army just to get the uniform to keep his lady satisfied and keep her from running around amok. Well, this gentleman was born on March 13th, 1913. It's contested whether it's St. Louis, Missouri or Good Pine, Louisiana. The reason for it is that most people think it was St. Louis, but then on his draft card for the army, it stated Good Pine. Either way, he moved to Baton Rouge at the age of 13 and taught guitar by his older brother, Layfield Slim, was playing in bars in Baton, in Baton Rouge around the 1940s. Now, he started recording around 1950s, so he's obviously done his, you know, his little thing, working his way through the bars and juke junks of the deep down south, which in 1940s America for a black man would have been, uh, well... Fun when you're in the bar, and I guess as soon as you step out, you'd be quite worried indeed. His first recording was a Bad Luck Blues. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Quite a famous saying within blues music after the week that I've had. Probably about 50% correct as well. They released that on feature records in 1954. Miller, who was the guy that was running it, gave him the title of uh, Lightning Slim. He went on to record for Excella Records for 12 years, starting in the mid-1950s, often collaborating with his brother-in-law, Slim Harpo, and with a harmonica player, Lazy Lester. Now, for many blues musicians, it was sort of up to about the 1950s, they were still relatively in vogue, and then, well, basically, rock and roll essentially took over with Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis... Um, uh, a few others, you know, Elvis Presley and whatnot, and the blues musicians started to have a bit more competition. They found it a little bit more difficult as essentially the taste of um, African-Americans changed uh, and the taste of white people within America changed. And it was only really the, the European revival of the Rolling Stones and the Brits and the European invasion that brought a lot of these blues musicians back to life in a recording sense. So let's play some more tunes. 
Oh, well, a little red rooster told a little red hen I ain't been to see you in God knows when The little red hen told a little red rooster You don't come around, Daddy, like you used to Got to rock the night, baby We got to rock the night, baby, yes, we got to rock the night. Oh, well, the old black cat told the little gray mouse, I got a mind to chase around this house. The little gray mouse told the old black cat, said, look at your daddy, don't chase me like that. We got to rock the night, baby. One thing that I've always really loved about, um, especially the blues music of sort of the 50s, is just the innuendos that they use because they couldn't really come out and just say, um, look, you know, basically we want to talk about sex. You know, like Weird Ass Pussy or whatever it is with Cardi B or Lil' Kim or countless other rappers and whatnot. So what actually would happen was they had to use, they had to talk about uh, animals or they had to talk about um, things to do with nature and the moon and, and, and whatnot. And in a segregated community where you're basically told that you're a boy and you can't um, drink from the same water or have the same jobs or walk on the same pavement, uh, blues music was really revolutionary in the sense that it gave a voice to the voiceless. Um, so you would talk about the little red rooster talking to the other red rooster or whatnot to talk about a man and a woman. And then even a simple thing of um, Muddy Waters, which we'll get into a bit later on, was, or Bo Diddley, was I'm a man, you know, which in itself was, was, was quite crazy at the time to even say that in the segregated South. Now, a lot of these blues musicians, like I've said on, on, on previous podcasts, like they didn't earn money like artists today. So a lot of them would go and kind of record albums here or there, but they didn't necessarily make enough to earn a living off. Only very few did. Um, it's not like today with sort of social media and internet where even people can locally, you know, like if you look at hi-fi music in Oakland or if you look at Texas, you know, with hip-hop in Texas, like people can just be famous in Houston and make a really good living out of it just there. So a lot of these guys would have to end up taking other jobs or they'd leave the industry or... Because they're usually obviously working-class dudes. So this is similar for Lightning Slim. He, he stopped performing the blues for a time and eventually worked in a foundry in Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, which is basically he was working essentially um, doing cars, making cars, as a result of which his hands were constantly exposed to high temperatures. He was rediscovered by Fred Reith in 1970 in Pontiac, where he was living in a rented room at Slim Harpo's sister's house. Reith soon got him back performing again and a new recording contract with Skelco, this time through Bud Howell, then the president of the company. His first engagement was a reunion concert in 1971 at the University of Chicago Folk Festival with Lazy Lester, whom Ruth had brought from Baton Rouge in January of that year. So he's back, baby! Woohoo! <laughs> Love me mama, love me day and night 
Love me mama, love me day and night Don't you try to fool me mama, please ma'am, love me right Love me mama, love me nice and kind Love me mama, love me nice and kind Lightning Slim has a bit of a resurgence in the 1970s uh, and he basically starts touring around Europe, uh, in particular UK, uh, heads up under the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland, for which he was often accompanied by Moses Whispering Smith on harmonica. He last toured the UK in 1973 with the American Blues Legends package organised by Big Bear Records. Um, like I said, you know, there's, there's not as much sort of rumour about him. He dies in July 1974 of stomach cancer in Detroit, Michigan, age 61. And what happens is, you know, obviously before everything, you try to get on and do your research about him. And he really was just like a, a very good quality artist that was around, that had a decent recording career in the 50s when blues kind of came off, he disappeared a little bit. And then he um, kind of came back in the 70s and was more like a sort of folk musician sort of thing. And just trying to sort of read up on him, I've been trying to find some sort of more information. But he is still heralded for his uh, gift of playing the guitar uh, and seen as one of the major influences and one of the sort of top guitarists. For me personally, I think that he's flown under the radar, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, I think that, you know, for people that are in sort of blues music, so... Here, Lightning Slim, the, the name might sort of ring a bell, but they don't really quite know as much about him. So even with this short snippet, hopefully I've sort of placed a bit of extra information for the people to kind of go out and explore him. Uh, I actually discovered him because I was in an absolute nightmare of a week, and at 3 a.m. in the morning when I was super stressed out and couldn't sleep because all my business was going to absolute shit, um, it was ironically Lightning Slim that kind of came on after John Lee Hooker. And that's sort of what got me sort of thinking is that it literally, um, literally helped me get through the night and get through the day. So I really think that we should take our hats off to him and um, thank him for being an amazing artist. And like I said, you know, if, even if one person goes to discover him and check him out, then by all means, get on the Lightning Slim wagon. You'll really enjoy it. And he just gets into that pocket and grooves away beautifully. Good night. Now when your woman start acting funny And begin to run around You'd better get you somebody Cause she is fitting to put you down Better let her go Man, just as quick as you can Because that hoodoo girl Is going to hoodoo the hoodoo man You know my woman got me on the one note That's something I can't understand how I look at her running out with some other man After all, I did all in this world I can